0: another episode of Short and Sweet, I am Corey Kukru alongside Heather Atwood. How are you, Heather?
1: I'm really great. And, you know, how could I not be great sitting with all these beautiful flowers, This right? is
0: gorgeous because today's guest is an old friend of mine, farmer Bob Marshall of Marshall's Farmstead, of course, over in West Gloucester. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing this with us. Uh, we go back a long ways. Um, but I'm sure Heather you have nine thousand questions for Bobby too. I do
1: because I don't go back I go back as far as about five minutes ago no, I <laughs> oh, really? shop I shop at Marshall Farms all the time yeah but I don't stop and say so tell me who you are oh <laughs> <laughs> and where you come from that's <laughs> all it would take with me <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you all, right. all <laughs> right so let's start now tell, start from the beginning
2: so I come from a family of 12 and um, my father wanted a labor force so to speak the farm started the farm stand itself started in 67 and um prior to that we were a dairy farm um uh, we were a dairy farm from we the,
1: meaning like your grandfather
2: my great-grandfather wow my great-grandfather and my dad my grandfather who's a caretaker uh in different uh estates around uh gloucester he would do all the the plantings and the hay cutting back then um but my great-grandfather, William F. Marshall, and my dad um, started the dairy farm. My dad, every day growing up, it was the same routine. Milk the cows, go to school. Milk the cows, go to school. And then on Sunday, milk the cows, go to church.
1: That's a long day. Yeah. That,
2: really, and um,
1: How many cows did they have?
2: Oh, I'm not even sure because yeah. it was a little bit before my time. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. But they had they had cows in Gloucester, and then they had another dairy farm, in the family in New Hampshire, and they would drive the cows back and forth back in the 1800s. So you could do like, that.
1: Drive them yes. really? Yes. Like on horses? Like saying move cows?
2: I, I don't even know if they had horses. <laughs> they might have been walking. <laughs> but um, that's crazy. That, that's with what it, part of New Hampshire? I I can't. We haven't got. We found a milk bottle that says Marshall's milk, and it was in. Um, I can't remember the name of. Uh, if you
1: say um, Southern New Hampshire. Newton, New Hampshire. My
2: family had a farm in Newton, New Hampshire. Not Newton, New Hampshire. I cannot recall the name, but we have a milk bottle that says Marshall Farm, and it's in the southern part of New Hampshire. And we tried to dig up more information, but there's not a lot of people around with that information. Yeah, right. I did find. I did did find a gentleman that's retired in Florida that used to milk cows with my dad, and when I, me and Corey. We're doing the the history of Marshalls. He sent me a letter and it goes on to him milking the cows with my dad for my great grandfather. And you know, he just goes on and on. And his I couldn't believe his memory. Um, So that's how that started out. And then my dad started to grow potatoes and onions just just to kind of have in the
1: same, you know, same area of West Gloucester. Mm -hmm.
2: And um, what happened there is. People started peddling things. He peddled the potatoes and onions for seafood and other things. So that that's how the farm stand became what it is today. It just they they had the roadside st- stand, plywood, milk crates, and right. just sold what they grew. Um, and then it just went from there. On the property, the, the farm stand was like a closet. But everything else was strawberry fields, um, raspberry fields. We had a, a big chunk of corn, tomatoes. Um, you know, so we grew everything there until it got too big, and we rented land. Um, it's a cemetery now. Right, uh, up at Dolliver's, yeah. Dolliver's Cemetery in yeah. West Gloucester. Oh, yeah, okay. We used to grow a big uh, field of different vegetables in there. And, um, and then we rented land in Essex for, for a number of years. This is all in the early 70s. And then um, and then we started doing business with Marini Farms in Ipswich. And that's where... Great family. Great family, it, where we started the connection. Where we, we would grow certain things and share with them. They would grow certain things and share with us. And that's just gone...
1: And I love, uh, we were talking beforehand, and you made the comparison to um, the other farmers we talked to, the young farmers we talked yep. to, Tucker Tucker, and, and Noah, Noah and having yeah. this relationship. Yeah. And you guys had a right. similar relationship exactly, you know, way back when. And it
2: makes perfect sense when I saw the interview with Tucker. I, it, it, it hit a home run because it, if you've if you got to do it alone, you're going to go out of business and, and, and the farm will be gone. Yeah. But if you can lean on each other, reach out to each other, have you know open uh, dialogue, y- you can do anything together.
1: You want to tell that story of your relationship with the Marinis, because that's a well, beautiful one.
2: Well, when I grew up on the farm, um, it's the last thing I thought I would do for work. I, I did everything from, I worked for Cape Ann Glass, I worked for a moving company, I, I ran my own landscaping crew, I did everything but anything had to do with the farm until um, my dad in 93 was very persistent in saying, come back, give the farm, help me run the farm stand for one year. If you don't want to do it after this year, no problem.
1: And you're the youngest of those 12 I'm, I'm kids. I'm number 12.
2: <laughs> I'm number 12. So I think he, he probably called everybody and <laughs> he said, they weren't taking his call. Out. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. Okay. All right. Eleven said no. Go yeah. to twelve. <laughs> so um, he called. I, I. It was like the third phone call he made to me, and I says, "Okay, I'll do it for one year, and then that's it." Sure enough, two weeks later, he he passed. Um, I think he knew it was coming. I think he wanted to get his ducks in a row. He didn't want the farm stand to suffer. Um, at the time. The greenhouses was such a huge business, and the farm stand was an afterthought, and he didn't want that to disappear, because he, that was his baby.
1: The farm stand. farm stand. yeah.
2: So, I did that, and I says, now what do I do? Um, I, I really didn't know the background of running a farm. I knew how to grow, grow things and pick things, but I didn't know the business side of things, you know, that." Uh, being a farmer, you got to be a, a carpenter, an electrician, a plumber. You got to yeah. do everything. Mario Marini took me under his wing, and he says, "Look, we'll do it together. Uh, I'm going to be there with every step of the way." And it, it just—it was incredible. He's—he's he's a special man. He's—he's um, he's been in my life since I was a baby, and uh, I don't know where the farm would be without him and his uh, leadership.
1: That's really great.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I was, so to get even deeper there, so what is the state of
2: family farming these days around here? It's very scarce. Yeah, because I know I know farms that uh, I, I know a farm in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. I do a little bit business with, and um, they had twenty greenhouses, and they had down to five greenhouses. Mm-hmm. They put in solar panels because they have nobody that's coming along to take it over. So what they'll do is switch it all over to solar panels, and they'll be able to, to survive.
1: So they're farming the sun.
2: That's what they're doing. Then. Yeah, yeah. They're so using their land for that. He he just says, "There's nobody else. You know, step up. We got all this property. We can't do it anymore." I mean, he's he struggled just to bring me a handful of plants. Um, and and you know, he's a great grower, great family. Um, it's it's just not it's not pretty unless you have somebody that's going to step up.
1: I heard um, I, the Italian man who's the head of the, the president of the slow food movement. Have you heard about the slow food I movement? I actually just
2: got an email yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, he I heard him address a group once, and he said, I'm talking to you young people. You have to start farming. Right. This is going to be the end if you don't learn right. to farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: luckily for me, I've got my 20-year-old son, this next generation, and he loves it. He loves everything about it. Um, he's Luckily still. for us too. Yeah, well, he's yeah. still he's still learning. But Corey's met Jason many oh, yeah. times, and he's just a great kid. You know, he's, he's down to earth. He's very very intelligent. Um, now he's just gonna this gets get a generation. Yeah, you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Touche. <laughs> um, but he is uh, he he's like a sponge. He cannot get enough of it. Um, it was. I had a picture, a nice picture of him and my brother Billy were transplanting. He was showing my brother Billy, who's the the uh, the oldest of the family, he's sixty nine. He um, was showing my son how to transplant, and I got a picture of it and posted it on social media without Billy knowing because if he knew would he was, sure. he knew he <laughs> was on social media. <laughs> I think uh, he would really chase me down. He's yeah, an old soul. But yeah, but oh. it. It warmed my heart that that he's really taken to it. Um, you know, he, he just loves everything about it.
0: So what's about so then so do you learn? Did you learn to love?
2: To I had to. Yeah, I had to. In that first year, uh, my first year of running the farm, my schedule was probably three days a week. I would have to go into the produce market. I would go in with uh, Mario Marini's uh, manager at two o'clock in the morning. And we would be bringing produce in to sell and then picking produce to come back with, like stuff from out-of-state, like, you know, your peaches, your uh, nectarines, grapes, and things like that. Did that three days a week. So we would get back to the farm about six thirty, seven in the morning, set up the farm stand, go to the field, grow, irrigate, weed, pick, all that, go down, have lunch, My mother would make me a sandwich, I'd fall asleep on the sandwich, Mm. and then about one o'clock, two o'clock, go back out, do some cashiering, because I only had one cashier back then, I would do some cashiering, then go back to the field, do some work up there, come back down, help close the farm stand, and then go back to the field, get all the irrigation out, you know, just, that was... That summer alone, I think I averaged about 130 hours of working a week. And it, I did that for eight years and I didn't think I could do it anymore. I, I thought I was, you know, I, it was in cooked. Oh, it was, I was fried. And so changed things up. We started growing a little bit less, but being part of what is called a farm co-op mm-hmm. with Marini Farms. So we grow together. You know, and that's where we were talking about, I grow things for them, they grow things for me, And but now it's just one joint venture, it's one one uh, farm co-op, and that saved both of us, because uh, Mario Marini's in his 80s, um, his son Michael is like a little brother to me, me and him are joined to the hip like his dad and my dad were, were. and um, so... Me and Michael have grown together, and it's it's a great partnership. Um, we we talk ten times a day about everything under the sun, literally, and um, it it just it makes it so much enjoyable, because you, nobody wants to work a full day. I mean, you don't want to work a full day and then and then you have to go do a podcast, <laughs> you know, and you you falling asleep on the mic, yeah. you know. You you want you want to be able to enjoy life, mm-hmm. yeah, you and you, know? you
1: also want. To be able to share the misery, like, oh my, you yeah, know, we can't oh. understand what you the kind of uh, day yeah. you've had, but right. Michael can. Oh, right.
2: and and he calls me about every little thing. It could be a staffing issue, it could be a, a insect issue, it could be almost anything. Uh, it could be just a customer say, saying something funny, and I've had quite a few customers say things funny that I wish I had a video okay, camera. Okay, we need to funny we need <laughs> a funny line
1: here. Give us one. All
2: right, this woman, little old lady, comes in. And it was a Sunday morning, right after we opened, and she came in with a paper bag. And I'm like, Oh no. What did she buy? <laughs> what did she buy? And she's walking, she ask the cashier, you know, is the the owner here? And and she sends it over to me. My heart's going do. And I'm like, What did she buy? What? Did... she says, Excuse me, sir. And I says, Yes. And she says, um, I had your corn last night. And I'm like, Oh, the pork, the pork. <laughs> um, and I says okay she says it was delicious I'm like okay she opens up the bag and it's the e- e- the, 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 the cobs it's the cobs that's been eaten mm-hmm. yeah. with all the husk she says what do I do with this uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you
1: kidding she didn't I, <laughs> know how to dispose I'm of it I'm <laughs> like I'll take that <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I uh, that is so I, I went thank you and I hope you have a great day. <laughs>
1: so she would maybe never had corn on the cob? I don't know Weird. what it was.
2: I At that point, I had a big grin on my yeah, face. Yeah, right. And, and didn't want to go there. And I we're says, all done. <laughs> uh, don't push the the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. issue here. Yeah. Um, but that was one of my funnier ones. That is <laughs> funny. Yeah. So
0: now as part of like surviving today and thriving today, is this how like you and Marini end up introducing sort of new features and facets to the farm? Like and Marini's got the big corn maze,
2: right. and you've got the alpaca right. pen, and there's more animals and features right. like that. Yeah, you know, and that's the whole thing is we, we don't have the space for a corn maze, but mm-hmm. um, he's doing things that with limited space, that we're going we're gonna to start to incorporate. Mm-hmm. But it's not something you can just hit a switch and do it. You know, you got to line up everything and before you release it. Um, this talk of maybe in the future having birthday parties at the farm, having uh, planting parties at the farm. Yeah. He does a big, uh, during Christmas season, he does a big reef-making thing at the farm. It's, the, it's like the, um, and it's in the food kitchens now. You, you have these cooking classes. My wife did cooking classes with a friend. You know, they all go and have a ball. It's you know? a lot of fun. It, it is. Yeah. And it's a great night out and it's a great way of getting your your name out there for one thing, but also getting what you do. Right. Yeah.
0: And so and, and Something that's also happening recently in Marshall's is, is the sort of refreshing of the greenhouses. Yeah, in
2: yes. Yeah, this is the bounty that yeah. we've yes. got, right? These are uh, so beautiful. My sister Karen ran it for close to the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, she had taken uh, managing it over for my brother Billy, and because Billy's always been in, involved in the greenhouse from the inception. I think it started in 70 71 That was when the first greenhouse was built. And Billy. I've had people from all over Massachusetts that have said your brother Billy is the best grower in Massachusetts and these people I have just met at like uh, trade shows or uh, farmers meetings and they come out of the, they says hey you're a marshal you know, your brother Billy's still growing I says yeah and they st- they all say it. he's one of the best growers and his knowledge I will never ever know as much as what yeah. he knows, he is a, a living encyclopedia. Oh, incredible! You asked What does me it m- take to be a great grower? I think it's just trial and error. Yeah, I think uh, being a sponge to the the new stuff that's coming out. Um, and you, do know, you
1: have to know the science, like some
2: of the science, science? some of the so- science, some of the soil science. I mean, he can. I mean, we actually had to switch soils um, for for these plants this year, and these guys that, right here. Yep, yeah. we, we had to do that and we were, he was scared to death he was like no we we need that same size they don't make it anymore we gotta he says okay bring me three different bags and i'll test it and we'll pick the right one oh. you Now, and and it wasn't like he put something in a test tube and test he uh, he just grabbed it gave it a sniff gave it a look wow. and as you see
1: yeah these are beautiful yeah Dyes. so
2: so when my sister did decide to retire, um, there was nobody else right at the time. My son was very eager to, to jump into this mm-hmm. because he had done the farm stand end of things. So it's been an, a pleasant surprise, but it's also <laughs> scaring me because of this weather and people are, are stuck inside. They can't get out in their garden. I probably turned away more people than we've actually... Had customers because I don't I've nurtured these guys I mean these plants here came in like an inch two inch size and they were at this I don't want somebody to lose them and, and they're too expensive to, to just hey take them and, and best of luck and
1: know? can we point out that dahlias usually bloom in the fall
2: No, those are uh, uh, a bulb that you plant right. in the ground that's what I'm thinking yeah I mean, I... these are early bulbs Um, They come in like a little starter plant, has a little, little tiny bulb, and that's what this plant is. It's a proven winter variety, which we grow a lot of proven winter varieties. And uh, yeah, you can start these, I started these the end of February in the greenhouse, and I've probably moved them six different times just to keep them, because when you grow anything in a greenhouse for that long period of time, you're going to have bug issues, Mm -hmm. And if, if you keep, if I let a lot of uh, the bottom foliage fall in this pot and just sit there, that's where the, the bugs are going to fester. So we clean everything, we space everything. I've, I've literally, instead of watering overhead, I've literally taken a, 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 a small uh, Poland Springs bottle and just gave it a little.
1: Yeah. So the the, the leaves aren't wet. Yeah. Yeah, The
2: leaves aren't wet, but just if one out of. Say 40 is a little dry. Instead of watering all the 40, just give it a little (laughs) shot of water. As I'm walking by, give it a little shot. Have some love there. And and that's, it's so important. And like putting circulation fans in, um, we've moved fans from different houses just to get the air flowing. If it's cold outside, I I can't afford to run the heater. So we got to keep the the, the greenhouse locked down, get the the fans in there and just circulating the air drying everything out so we don't get any mold or mildew and things like that so so then another thing that that you're always taking
0: part of because marshall's has always been really entwined with the community here but you're always part of farmers markets um you you take the farm stand over the bridge do uh, you want to uh, discuss some of those things yeah
2: we've done a little of everything we've we, we've of course, got into the KPM Farmers Market. Uh, I think this will be a sixth or seventh year, and love that. Mm. Um, Nikki does a fa- fantastic job. Um, but we've also did some pop up farm stands. We did one for Applied Materials in Blackburn Circle here. Um, oh, that's
1: cool. So you basically go up there with a the truck and go
2: up there, set up a little, you know, a table. Stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it 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 gets people. What it does, it gets people to come to the farm. Because they don't only want the produce, they want the the monkey bread. The monkey (laughs) bread, (laughs) (laughs) right? Monkey bread. That's
1: what my kids always wanted. Yeah,
2: they want the monkey bread. They want the meats. We do grass fed. We do Doms out of Malden. They want uh, Richardson's ice cream. Yeah, it's
1: it's the best place for local foods. I'm telling you, pies and all that. Uh, uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. The pies. um, We have Man Orchards and Methuen that does our pies, and then. Rebecca Doyen yeah, will be doing right. our, uh, uh, our key lime pies, which I love key lime pie. They're so yeah, good. Her key so, lime pie. We tasted oh, it.
1: It is awesome. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So you'll be able to so, get those at Marshall Farm Standard. Right. Right. Street.
2: But yeah. the thing is, yeah. when I go to trade shows, the first question I ask vendors that are there, where are you located? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want a California product. I don't yeah. want, a, you know, maybe New York, uh, the East Coast, but I want something local. Yeah, you know we we have a local gelato that's out of Malden. We have um, Lox Cookies is out of Essex. Yep, you know great operation. Great there. operation there. Um, we have a couple of small bakeries. Of course, Virgilio is being one, and uh, Sunray Bakery out of Beverly. Um, I love just, Sunray
1: bread. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's I great. didn't know you sold Sunray yeah, bread. Actually, yeah. Huh. yeah.
2: So, yeah, I, I like local products. Um, when we fired, we, when I first out of the farm stand. We grew it, and we sold it. We didn't bring in anything else. My dad was like, no, we just sell produce. <laughs> um, and then a woman said to me, um, I wish you could complete the meal. You know, you know, you get all this great produce, give me, you know, s- salad dressings go with my salad. Give me, and then that just transcended into what it is today.
1: Yeah, you can really easily get a couple of beautiful meals. Oh, mostly, oh yeah. Mostly, yeah. 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 So you have your own produce in that farm stand. You have all these other, you know, nice additions that make a meal. And then you have the greenhouses right. where all these beautiful flowers are growing. And you also have the alpaca out yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, you want to tell us about And ad- other the animals,
0: but yeah. But they're the they're the featured players. I'm yeah. telling yeah. you, they <laughs> they have more fans uh-huh. than I do. That's yeah. what doing. <laughs>
2: and they're great. They're the great the the they they can't bite you because they only have three bottom teeth. <laughs> um, they 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 just like to hang out. They 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 they'll run around if we get them out in the field, which we try to do a couple times a week. They'll just run around and chase each other, which is cool. Then we got the baby goats that yeah. uh, chase them, and then Aww. they chase the baby goats. It's kind of cute. Uh, we have actually four female alpacas pregnant at this time. So Baby, uh, i Yeah, us. and that's always special. Um, God, I had five punchlines for that. <laughs> 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 be here. And, uh, you told me, PG.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but it, it's just a great way to get people to come to the farm. Yeah, you know, to bring their families to come, and, and, and it gets the kids into because you always grew up. You, you always go where your parents took you.
1: Yeah, right. You right. Know? Yeah. Oh, I remember
2: my parents used to take me here. I'm gonna take my kids there. You know. So it's so important. We're gonna do some family fun days this year, uh, because Corey uh, ruined the strawberry festival. And I was gonna get into that too. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say but yeah, was I was, I was gonna end with see you at the strawberry yeah, festival. Yeah. <laughs> it would've been the seventh one. Yeah. Mm. You know uh, but but I'm gonna, gonna do out. some family fun days this year. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do some um, little plantings for kids. Oh, kids fine. can come and plant their own seed and then they can see how the, the seed develops from a seedling and, and then they put it in the garden or in a pot. So we're going to do some special things for, for, for Kids' Day.
1: Yeah, nice. And when's that?
2: We haven't, it hasn't you got that far day? yet. Okay. I've been <laughs> too busy growing the stuff in yeah. the greenhouse. And but trying to keep the rain I, off of I'm everything. I'm thinking late, uh, late June um, when the kids get closer out of school so right. they can not only plant their plant, but they can care for it. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, ba- a great uh, learning tool for the kids. to, And hopefully, maybe one of them turns into a farmer.
1: There you go. Well, that's what we need. Yeah, that's right? right. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. right.
2: Good thinking. So uh, an aside now,
0: what about... So, when you, every time you go to Marshalls, you see this like eclectic mix of who your regular clients are. You've got the neighbors who are there. There's always the kids there. There's the summer residents. There's the beach crowd. Right. There's
1: that old lady with the corn cob. There's yeah. her, <laughs> her, yeah.
0: Th- her <laughs> other bag. So what um, I, oh, uh, the Winger Chic traffic? Uh,
2: Wow. What do you Mrs. do mayor. about that? This wow. mayor. Please help me. Does um, <laughs> um, it help or hurt, Bob? Because it, mean, hurts. It, it hurts. It hurts yeah. because if you're, say, you're in East Gloucester and you're saying, you know what, I need some corn. F- I got a cookout to go to. I need some corn. It's 9:30 on a Sunday morning, and you're saying to yourself, oh, that traffic." Yep. That traffic. And now everybody's got the GPS, and what so they, they can do, see and they it. Know. what yeah. they do, well, they see the traffic. But these people coming from out of out of town. And what they're doing instead of going Conket Street, they're coming around the other end of Concord Street. Right. Yeah. We had traffic past the farm stand last year. Wow. So on both sides oh my of my Street. That's different. Yeah. So I did a live video for the mayor and and she she's great and she 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 listens and uh, I I there's gotta be better signage. It should be at the highway. It's tough. It, it should, should be at, the, be at highway. the highway.
0: I never understood why it wasn't even at the um, the turn-on to Concord. Right. Um, because once you're down that road... Or at, and driv- and at the drive-in. And... You can't go down there. The, the lot's full. People are still driving up to right. the lot, and right. then they have to turn around right. there and come all exactly. the way back. a exactly. show.
2: Right. So what they try to do is they... They try to stop them in Marshall Square, the square that's named after my dad, yep. is, and they try to turn them around. By that time—
1: This is when the lot is
2: full. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By right. that time, the the park, uh, traffic's back to—up towards 128. Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, if they—they got to work on something, an app, or yeah. something you get an alert. Yeah. The park— Stage four, I, I tell anybody that comes in, where can we go for a beach? I just go to stage four. It's such a beautiful area. You got a little bit of a beach, but you just got so much history there, and it's a great place to take a family. You got things to do. Yes. I, I grew up going to the cupboard, you know, and that's one of my favorite places in Gloucester mm-hmm. because it brings back memories. Money. I actually did the Marshalls
0: and the cupboard back to back over the Wickham. Oh, huh. we did that Had to get the hanging plants. It was Mother's Day. She has to have her plants. I get my stuff for around the mailbox, you know. Um, but then it's always... Because we usually... I pop by. Maybe my shopping habits are different. Because I, I, I like... I love flowers. So I usually yeah. get flowers. But also we'll do like the Dom's meat. Like things to yeah. grill that right. night. And then, you know, the right vegetables, or cucumbers
2: or whatever for a salad too. Right. And the next next week, a week from uh, tomorrow, we'll open the farm stand Yeah, afterwards. so
0: by the time people are Listening to this, yeah, we'll, yep. you'll be we'll up be, and
2: running. We'll be up and blast. running. Uh, people, it's so sad when they get out and they're, they're running into the farm stand and they turn to look and there's no food and they're like, Where's the food? Says, We're selling <laughs> plants right now, and they're like, I don't want plants, <laughs> want, it's coming, I want some meat, yeah. So, but it, it, it'll be nice when everything's open because it'll get more clientele in there. And I think the way we have the new setup for the, the, the greenhouses. Is going to be more inviting to people that might not be gardeners, but they can grab a pot, uh, a dahlia or a geranium, or a hanging plant, or a hanging They're plant, so beautiful. and just you know, for a gift or just to throw in their deck. Yep. You know, yeah. so I think it'll work hand in hand. Yeah. So
1: people can go into those greenhouses,
2: right, yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. shop around. Yep. Yeah, people. Um, we got a brand new retail house, which is state of the art. The sides roll up, and the temperature in there will be the same as the temperature outside. Okay. So you don't go in that greenhouse and you're like in there for ten minutes and you're you're sweating and you're yeah. uncomfortable. It's very comfortable for the customer, but it's most importantly it's uncomfortable for the plants. Right. So the plants aren't getting all stressed out. Because plants are like people. If it's cold and rainy, they're not gonna like it. If it's hot and humid, they're not gonna like it. Right. You know, so if you're feeling uncomfortable in a greenhouse, that plant feeling uncomfortable Oh, that's
1: cool huh
2: yeah so um, that greenhouse I think is gonna be very popular because we have A to Z in there if you're doing your own basket or pot you can buy anything in that greenhouse or you can buy one of our pots or one of our hangers so it's really nice yeah so there you have it what do you think Heather
1: well I I have one more question sure so do you have a favorite Recipe from your mother, maybe when you were coming in for a lunch oh, or a oh, Sunday see, dinner.
2: See, my mother was famous for Sunday dinners. Yeah, and, and it was never a recipe.
1: Well, how about it but w- something she made from the fa- oh, the produce? Oh,
2: the produce. I mean, she, she would take um, she would take zucchini, summer squash, tomatoes, onions, and she would throw it in a pan, all chopped up, and she would uh, throw it in the oven. And I, 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 don't know because I'm, I really.
1: You weren't paying attention. Paying then. attention, I, yeah. I just wanted to eat it. Yeah.
2: And and at that last ten minutes, she would throw some cheese on it and and some bread breadcrumbs. That was always a, a part. but That's she not just super grew good. She she would just she would spin anything, but the whole thing is she had to uh, uh, cook everything in bulk. Oh, right. Because we had twelve kids. Twelve kids. And then we had people working there. So she would be having these big pots on the stove, overtaking the stove, and everybody outside was smelling stuff. And, and I this was in that
1: little house in the yeah.
2: House. Uh, I still uh, have a cashier that used to work for me. When she worked, she only want she she wanted to make sure she worked Sunday morning, Sunday afternoons because of Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. And she still, whenever I see her, I says, "I miss your mass, my mother's mashed potatoes. It was so good." <laughs> oh, that's you know, really and it, nice. it, That's how we grew up. Um, whether you could eat when it was ready, or you had to eat when you had time to eat. Yeah. Uh, but she d- did everything in big, huge these cast iron pots, and it just.
1: Do you have any of those pots?
2: Oh, I don't even know where they are. What,
1: where'd they go? Yeah.
2: I, <laughs> there's there's <laughs> a, ten those. of us, so I'm yeah, sure you know, somebody right, has them in the right, kitchen yeah. before right. Bobby. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't get much from. From that, <laughs> got <laughs> the farm stand. You got the I guess. farm stand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you for your time today. No, thanks for Farmer having me. Bob. I, I yeah. really appreciate it.
1: And thank you for farming.
2: Oh, I mean, really? I, I love it. And um, thanks for my dad. Uh, you yeah. know, if, if it wasn't for him and being persistent, and uh, and and also thanks to the community. I mean, I, I I know people that still show up there that when they first started coming there, I was in diapers running around the farm stand, Aww. and. And when I was old enough to carry a box, my dad had me carrying the boxes to people's car and putting them in their car. And those people still come in they the, you know, grab me by the cheeks and says, <laughs> "You're doing a good job, Frankie." You That's know, great. so yeah. it, it means a lot to me. I, I I bounce out of bed in the morning maybe with a, a, a couple of snaps, crackles, and pops, <laughs> but I I do. I cannot wait to get there and, and start the day.
1: That is so great. Yeah. It really is. It's such a gift to this community to have yeah. you there. Yeah. It really is.
2: Yeah.
0: So go see uh, the Marshall family over on Conquer Street in West Gloucester or at the Cape Ant Farmers Market or at the Magnolia, the Magnolia Farmers, Farmers Market, market which will right. be on Sundays, I Sunday believe. Sunday mornings.
2: Season, yeah. I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, that's great. I think it's going to work out well. And just the, the these markets that we do and mm. some people, you know, maybe there's too many markets and I... I even if I make a nickel going to these markets, the smaller markets, um, it's all about educating people on eating healthy, eating the right things. Yeah. And I meet so many people. There's a couple older women from Magnolia live on Lexington Ave down the end, and they they do all they can do to walk down Lexington Ave to buy something, and uh, they're like, "I don't, I wouldn't be able to get this if you weren't here. That's special. And yeah. that, oh, that's, that's great. That means more to me than anything else. So. T- definitely come visit us at the market it's a great take Cape Bear Farmers farmers is the best in the state for my money um so entertaining and um the magnolia one is it's it's there when you need us there you go thanks yeah. again bobby all right all thank right. you
1: thank you
0: good good All right, we're back for the side dish here with Farmer Bob Marshall of Marshall's Farm Stand. Uh, we we're having a great conversation as we disappeared for a few seconds, but we want to talk about the challenges of uh, farming in today's world.
2: Yeah, the biggest challenge is the, the short season. Um, any way we can extend the season, we try to. Um, you know, it, it even it seems like our falls are better than our springs, so we try to extend it further that side of things, and that means planting a little bit later in the season. Usually mm. we, we would start planting somewhere around the first week of August and, and just, that'll be it. Hopefully get it for the f- first frost. Uh, but we've extended that towards the end of August. Uh, but the early season, we our first acres of corn and, and peas, the main two vegetables, are uh, grown under plastic. And it, it's all... Um, done in rows so that when we cut it, we can peel it right up. And, um, you know, it, it, it gives us a head start. Yeah. You know, normally, we don't pick corn until the end of July. Now we're, we're just after the 4th of July. Really? Getting the first year of corn. So and I've been
0: in a field with them before, picking corn yeah. and Aww. eating it right there in the field. Yeah. It is awesome. Aww. You can't beat the native corn. Yeah, it's so right. so sweet. It's gross. We'll love it.
1: So are there any s- – that sounds like a s- – is it a stark change compared to like when your father was farming?
2: Oh, by all means, because back when we, my dad was still f- growing corn, um, it was all the old varieties—sweet Sue, sweet, sweet Sal—that it was always that you had to pick it and run it right to the kitchen but and it, put, it, put, in it, a, in put yeah. it in the pot. Put it in the pot. Now the corn today is—it it can has a shelf life. It. You've, you can refrigerate it. I can give you an ear of corn that I just picked, and I can give you an ear of corn that was sitting in the refrigerator for two to three years, two to three days. Um, that's why it's going taste really good. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's why some of the corn from down south that we get over the winter has gotten a little bit better because they're starting to grow different varieties that have a little bit longer shelf life and it doesn't taste like cow corn and it gets all stuck in your teeth. It has a nice bite to it. Mm. Um, But the the growing season being what it is, we have to have a head start like native peas. You got to have native peas for 4th of July. It it just goes hand in hand, native peas and salmon. You got to have that. So giving us a head start by getting that stuff in the ground with this past spring we've had, it's been, Terrible.
1: That's so but
2: bad. But the stuff has been in the ground, and it's 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 well ahead of where it would normally be if it was just. So we'll
1: have a, it on the fourth of July. We will <laughs> <on the> 4th <laughs> okay July.
2: and and it's just a different way of getting a head start into to growing and and getting the produce to people's table.
1: Yeah. How about pests or anything like that?
2: Well, we're lucky enough. Um, I think it was eighteen years ago we joined up with UMass Amherst. To be the one of the original uh, Marini's was one of the original farms to, to start growing IPM, which is in, integrated pest management. Oh, okay. um, so the fields are all monitored by UMass Amherst. They come out and they will walk through the fields, see what see what kind of bugs you got going on. It could be a silkworm, it could be, uh, you know, different things, the borers, um, and they will tell us. What they're going to release into, they release moths that kill other insects, and and we don't have to spray. I mean, my dad, I still have his notebook when he was growing in the early 70s. Every day was marked what he had to do that day. So I got to spray the tomatoes, Then the next day I got to spray the corn. Everything, that was how it was farmed. You wow. just kept, so every year he just opened up his old notebook and says, oh, today I got to spray tomatoes. Now, we don't do any of that. We, we're, we're monitored that uh, th- even the sprays we do use, it's all organic sprays yeah. and things that aren't going to harm anything or harm people, um, and it, it works. It, it works. It, 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 if, we, if we weren't doing what we're doing now, I would have been skeptical about it, but... It works. I've seen it firsthand. Well and you
1: have beautiful produce. And the sure. produce yeah.
2: it it, it, nice. it looks pristine. Yeah, it you does. Know? So well,
1: those are good changes, huh? Yeah. That's great. It's
2: it, it just it's incredible. And and every year they have fundraisers and uh, dinners for, for local farms to come together and kind of hobnob and all that money will go to UMass Amherst for this type of research.
1: That's great. You know,
2: we're growing corn now that doesn't need a lot of water. You know, wow. that and th- little things like that. Because once, one of the old timers told me, an old farmer says, once you water corn once, it's a losing proposition. Oh, really? Because we don't make money on corn. Corn corn is just the lure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it gets people
2: to come in to buy the tomatoes and the other things. Huh. But corn is not a moneymaker. It's just a, a drawing card. Yeah. And I tell people every day, people come... They buy a bushel of corn for a cookout or a picnic or something like that. I tell them, it's, it's, I'm selling you a bag of business cards because everybody's going to buy uh, bite into that ear of corn and say, where'd you get this? Yeah. Marshall's Farm.
1: That's a great line. So. That's really interesting. Well, thanks for that. That's oh. a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby.